Okay, welcome back to episode six of the MUFC podcast. Woo! Bounce for number six. It's been a while, six weeks. Oh, well, we're the Red Devils, and no one likes a good six like the Red Man himself. Actually, yeah, it's a number quite common with United now. It's sort of where we belong. Well, I was trying to avoid that, Tom, but you went there. Okay, anyway, on that note, we'll have to address the elephant in the room. Okay, I'm here with my beautiful wife. You're a single male. We need to discuss it. David Beckham. <clears throat> if he wants to... <laughs> look, if, if he has a change in taste and he likes a little bit of a Mediterranean look... A little bit of Larry. I'm available. I've got dark hair, dark features. <laughs> I have nice dreamy eyes like he does. What and... you, I was just talking about his ability on the pitch. Oh, right. Yes, so, so, so was I. Just a different yeah. kind of pitch. Yeah. Um, but seriously, uh, watching him play Tom, it makes you realise he could truthfully, if he had the fitness for it, he could play on our right side and be an instant upgrade on anything that we currently I have. Think, I think that's the thing, and you, everyone's getting carried away saying, oh, these players could play. Technically, no, no they, they, couldn't. they couldn't. They're 45, they're 50-year-olds. So I think some were over 50. So yeah. you do need to take it in context. But when you do look at just the technical ability... Yeah, it's quality. And some of the crosses, is the first time we've looked dangerous from a corner since 2011, when he was whipping in corners. And it's weird that it's taken the club so long to address it, but, you know, we've still got time in the transfer window. Hopefully, this is the year where no, we finally have a... Not only Be- look, Beckham did steal the highlights, but for me, yep, Stan. Oh, yeah, unbelievable. Brilliant. It, it wasn't a charity match for him. He was killing... <laughs> Some of the tackles. <laughs> yeah, he, he, went, he ripped right in. How good was it seeing Paul Scholes? Yeah. Still, oh. his, ta- his timing on tackles still has not improved. <laughs> I, I don't know if he played against Dean Michaelis. I think Dean Michaelis might have come in after Scholes had retired. But um, I remember that tackle he put on Dean Michaelis. He, he wasn't happy about But we'll get in now to this week's kickoff question and a reverse from last week's question, which was... Uh, which What was last week's question about the treble? So, which player from 99 would you put into the current Yeah, so he would be a current signing. So, we're going to flip that now, and it's going to be a hell of a lot harder. Mm. But if you had to, which current player would you put back into the treble winning squad to make stronger? I'd... If possible. <coughs> this might stir up a bit of controversy. I think whoever you choose will. But I'd, I'd put Paul Pogba on the bench... In I'd place ha- of... Probably Nicky Butt. Oh. Yeah. That's a dagger to my heart. I know, I know. I'm destroying the class of 92, but if you're looking purely from a quality point of view, someone who's got that moment of brilliance in him offers something different, because if yeah. you're looking at Keane and Scholes, completely different player. Yeah. So if I look at it from that dynamic, I think Pogba might just have added a bit of flair in that final third. Yeah, I don't think I looked at fullback, so I looked at centre-back. and even... You don't want to put Ashley Young in there? It'd be a great <laughs> upgrade on Ashley and Gary Neville. He'd fancy himself as a right-footed left-back as Dennis Irwin was. But I think for me, and people would disagree, I think if I was to make the first 11 stronger, and some people could argue this wouldn't make us stronger, but if I had to, I'd put De Gea in for Schmeichel. It's, it's almost just a straight swap. Obviously, different type of goalkeepers. Yeah. But I don't think any of our strikers are getting in. None of our midfielders are getting in. Definitely no defenders. And I think Schmeichel is one of the best in the world. De Gea is one of the best in the world. So if I had a gun to my head, yeah. I think that's a straight swap. Very contrasting goalkeepers. Schmeichel yeah. was known for making himself big. You know, really yeah. putting the pressure on a striker. Commands the area. Whereas De Gea are just pure shot stopper. You throw anything at him and he just gets it away. And his ability to stop the ball with his feet 
Yeah. Not very common back in 99 at all. Well, when you look at it, okay, the change in goalkeeper as well, but it's 20 years ago. Like, naturally, yeah, naturally the game changes. Yeah. And um, that is a tricky one. When I saw those players playing out there, it was, just a, it was a joy to watch compared to what we've been dished up in the last six weeks. Well, that's the thing. And at the end of the day, it gives you an opportunity to think back to when you're a happy boy and yeah. United were going so well and we thought that nothing... We will never see that dip that yeah. we're going through now, but it makes you appreciate the highs a lot more. So, when we're back there, when when if. we're back there, we'll appreciate it a lot more. We'll get back, Tom. Okay, talking about our levels. Just um, yesterday morning, the Europa League final. Did you watch it, Chelsea v Arsenal? Oh, thrilling! I'm I'm over the moon. You know what's nice? You know, especially now as we approach the the colder months, it's never good to be lonely. Arsenal fan TV. Oh, Arsenal fan TVs. Seriously, I think a TV network should sign them up. Channel Seven. <laughs> if, if if anyone from Channel Seven's listening out there, just throw some money. Well, Foxtel just dropped MU TV and Liverpool TV and Chelsea TV. They could maybe Foxtel. Um, in all seriousness, as a United fan, it's a good result for United. Oh yeah, it is, and especially because Arsenal fans talk the biggest load of shit. I don't even think for the fans, which which is obviously good. Obviously, yeah. not that we have much love for Chelsea, but it obviously is that stronger rivalry yeah. with Arsenal. But I think for the fact that if Arsenal had made the Champions League, It'd be embarrassing. Well, no, More I, th- embarrassing. I, I just think from a business point of view, they could potentially attract players and become stronger. Yeah. Where Chelsea were already there, now Arsenal don't have that chance to go and sign Champions League players. That's one team who won't be as strong. Chelsea probably won't be as strong because they're going to lose Hazard. So, yeah. so from that point of view, I think it's an important result for United. It is, um, and again, it puts. I don't know if you saw it, but when Arsenal defeated us. Um, at the Emirates in the in the league, they put you guys at the wheel. Yeah, so that's and gone And it viral. just teaches you don't don't talk too soon. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a hard one. Well, they, they, look at the end of the day, they finished above us, but you get the same reward for fifth and sixth. So that's right. Now, on to the next one, just quickly, the Champions League. Now we might not record next week. If Liverpool win, I might not be out in public next week. Is there Tottenham have any chance? Of course they do. Yeah, well, you can't say they don't. You got. A world-class player in Harry Kane who should be fit. Interestingly enough, Tottenham have a much better winning record with without him, without him in the starting it's team. It's that balance where they say yeah. they favour him too much. I'd be surprised if he starts. Um, look, Liverpool taking the bias out. Liverpool should be favourites and they should win the game. They do have the stronger team and they play a better brand um, of football. But look, it's... The thing is, Tottenham in the league, at least, were terrible. Their record was... I think they only had one point more than what we did in the last six games. I think Solskjaer, as bad as Solskjaer's record was, he still maybe it changed in the last one or two games of the season, but still had more points than Pochettino since Solskjaer, which is crazy. But what Tottenham did do is they played like a true cup team. When the cup game came, they rose to the occasion, they got the goals and they got the result. And... That's what a cup competition can do. It just—it's about moments. It's not about the league. It's not about being consistent. You just need to be brilliant for 90 minutes. And Tottenham can do it. They've got the class players. Uh, well, if you listen out there, say whatever prayer will actually. By the time you listen to this, you'll know the result. So fingers crossed, it went our way and obviously Spurs' way. But enough reminiscing about the treble and the other teams in the top four and playing in European finals. We'll go to the latest in the transfer market, the transfer department. Not too much has actually happened. Um, there's been a little bit of rumours about De Ligt, um, whether he's going, whether he's, stay, uh, whether he's 
um, has agreed to Barcelona where he hasn't agreed. Now, for me, De Ligt is still number one, as I said last week. He's the ideal target. But I am starting to think it could be a disaster. I think when you weigh up all his options, he could go to Real Madrid, he could go to Barcelona, he could go to Liverpool and play with Virgil van Dijk, he could go to Man City and replace Vincent Company. The only reason, besides our fan point of view saying, oh, we're the biggest club in the world, the only reason for him coming to United at this stage is purely for the cash. And that is everything we say we don't want in a player. And I'm starting to think, as much as I want him, I'm starting to think it could be a disaster. I don't agree because the thing is, when you're that young, you still have so much to prove in the game. And the natural appeal, especially for a 19-year-old, would have to be, if I go to the Premier League, I'm going to the biggest comp- the biggest football competition in the world. I'm going to a rebuilding team. We're going, we're going to a rebuilding team where you can... You can be the starting centre-half, you can build your career, you can build a legacy for yourself. thing is, if he goes to Barcelona, does he start every week? I think he does. I'm not sure. Um, you, there's also been the links to PSG. Yeah. But the, the truth is, whether we like it or not, football, and especially dealing with Mino Raiola, money talks. And we saw what Patrice Evra said a couple of weeks ago. Raiola will openly tell you he will get the best deal for his client. So if that means United have to pay ridiculous agent fees and pay ridiculous money to get this player, then so be it. But do you think the club has... I, look, to be honest, I don't know if Ed Woodward does learn much in regards to his past football and mistakes, but don't you think we've done this dance, and as big a fan as I am of Paul Pogba, we've done this dance before with Pogba where Rayola has gotten the best deal and you could argue potentially hasn't worked out for player or for, or for the club? We've done this dance, but we haven't signed a leader before. And I just if I look at the personality that Delit is, or that I perceive him to be, it's I see leadership qualities. I see someone who has a willing, a willing determination to succeed. And no amount of money is going to change that, or so you hope. And United are not in a, unfortunately, a position to be saying we're a big club. See you later. We don't have the options. If we want top-class talent right now, we have to be paying over the odds, unfortunately. Because if we want to get back to the top, if we want to get back to the position of it's it's your blessing or your luxury that United's interested in you, then you can't do that unless you have good players. You've got to pay over the odds. So, well, in regards to paying over the odds, Delit might not be the most expensive um, defender out there. Obviously, Koulibaly is probably going to cost a hell of a lot more. He might cost close to maybe 90 to 100 million, where you think Delit might be a little bit cheaper. Weighing up, because football opinion changes very quickly. From last week, Delit was top of the list. Do you think it maybe has shifted towards Koulibaly in terms of all this Rayola talk? Do you think? Um, fr- from the club's perspective? No, from your point of view. Like, who, who do you think now? Because I oh, know yeah. last week I was saying Dybala, now I'm thinking Griezmann's popped up. Well, then, well, Dybala might stay at Juventus. Yeah. So football, we're, we're fickle fans. So does Dilit and Koulibaly as your perception change? Look, I'd be happy with either of them. I don't think there's a wrong choice. I think if United had... If you're choosing for the right now, what do we need right now? It's Koulibaly. It's Koulibaly. He's a complete player. I think there's less risk there. He's he's a leader. You could give him the armband on the way in. He's 27 years of age, so you could say that he's still on the upward trajectory because centre-backs... Yeah, that's not old at all. Exactly, and so I feel like if you're you're going to choose who's the better signing for what United need right now, it's definitely Koulibaly, but if you're looking at 
cost because they're saying the transfer for Delit would be around 60 million pounds. He's 19 years of age, so no doubt he'll have sell-on value. So if it doesn't work out, there's mm. always the opportunity to sell him, given how the market is. Well, a fear for me, if we do, and again, this is very likely he does sign for Barcelona or even PSG or even yeah. City. But if we do get Delit, a fear I have even now, before he's even signed, is, well, if it does go well, think how much he's going to go for to another club. He might be signing for Barcelona in three years' time for 200 million. We might not have him for that long if we get him this young. Is it better if he, we see how he does go at a big club and then buy him? I, I don't think so because the style of football that in the Spanish league or in La Liga is it's on the floor and that's a strength of Delit. I think the challenge for Delit is the ball in the air the direct ball you know what he's actually got the same weakness that Lindelof has he's actually I was talking to, obviously doing the YouTube compilations actually quite a similar play to Lindelof oh, he yeah. is I think he's a slightly more physical more oh, demanding yeah, yeah. but the, the problem is and we saw it against Tottenham he got exposed with the long ball with Lorente Lorente sort of bullied him a little yeah. bit and a traditional English forward that's what, you, that's what you're up against so I think again but, but you, you know, then you do have to cut him some slack that he is 19 he's, of he's going to get a lot and he'll stronger. get better no doubt but that's the thing I'm, if I'm looking at United right now and you're like you need someone who is going to come in and strengthen the squad instantly get Koulibaly he's demanding in the air I think that's what we need right now so so for me and again which we're going to over old ground which you mentioned last week but mentioning all that I still think Alderweireld is the most likely I think and I'm going to have a click keen eye on him and obviously if you listen to this you do know the result of Liverpool and Tottenham I'll have a keen eye on him because I expect him to start against Liverpool and he did score the own goal last time Liverpool played um, Tottenham at Anfield but um, he'll have his hands full with Salah so I think it's not a it's not a trial for him, so Well, in no. fact, he plays on the on the right side. So, and Mane for me has been the star man for Liverpool this season. Yeah, yeah, it's difficult Mane. player yeah. to keep quiet. Um, yeah, look, he'll have his hands full. And I know, I know, people say he's 29 years of age. He'll be turning 30 this year. But again, if you're looking at cost effectiveness and you're also looking at who can improve United right now, we're talking about Premier League proving here, and that's what we don't have with Bukulabali, who I'm sure would handle it, but. There's less ri- there's pros and cons for all of them, but I'll, again, I wouldn't be upset with any of these three options. All top class talents, all could do a job. Okay, at the other end of the pitch, we spoke last week that we think that Rashford is potentially in the eyes of the club going to be their number one striker. Just before we went live, Antonio Conte has just been announced as the Inter Milan manager. Which, if you're going to put your money on it, you'd assume Romelu Lukaku would now go to Inter Milan. Do you stand by Rashford being... No, not stand by, do you think he should be the number nine? But do you think that the club see that? Or do you think there will... There has been a few links with one or two strikers, sort of Dembele from Lyon and Akadi from yeah. Inter? I don't think... I don't think Oli is naive enough to get stuck in the romanticism of a youth player leading the line for Manchester United. If you're... No, I don't agree with the abuse and the social media and... The 0.00012%. That's great. You know what? And my, my point on that, we'll come back to that, but you, if you're being a realist, the biggest United fan, you can't say that Rashford right now is ready to lead the line for United for, for an entire season. He's just sim- he's too inconsistent. And again, he's 21 years of age. I don't expect him to have that consistency. But again, I don't even think he has the quality. Um, and I'm not saying he's a terrible player I'm not saying he doesn't belong at United but he's not ready to lead the line I would rather they give that role to Martial if they're going to look internally 
I do think United need they do need to to buy another player um, so the links we have had are with uh, Jovic Jovic from what club is Joe somewhere in Germany I always mix it up yeah he's from Frankfurt Frankfurt um, that's it yeah, and, and you know what? He's had a wonderful season in in the Bundesliga, um, seventeen goals in the Europa League. Though that's where he really made his name. He scored ten goals, um, and that's over that's over forty appearances. So overall, he's a 20, 27 goals for the season. It's very how, impressive. How, did you say how old he was? Yeah, he's, um, I didn't, but uh, he's twenty one years of oh, age. Oh, he's young. Um, he's he's five eleven, so good height for a centre forward. He can play off the striker as well. Um, and he's really stepped out last season I believe he scored about five goals so he really blossomed this year and that's the thing this is a young kid who's stepped in stepped into a, a starting role and taken it he scored all these goals now again Rashford only from January or December onwards was our starting centre forward but he hasn't taken the opportunity that say Jovic has and of course yes the Premier League's more competitive but I feel like Rashford really dropped off and I understand Yes, he's been injured. Yes, he was sick. Yes, he dropped weight. And they could be valid excuses. But Has, has Jovic really been linked with you? Know, I said there was this yeah, on Sky so Sports the other day. The, that... the link has happened because Jovic himself has said um, when he when he played. I don't remember who they played. But they versed an English side in the Europa League. Chelsea. Then. Chelsea. Chelsea. And he, he this week had said that when he versing sides from the Premier League and versing Inter that he feels like uh, Syria in the Premier League would suit his style. So that's where the links have come from. In saying that, he's had strong links to Real Madrid. He'll probably end up there. But would I take him at United? One hundred percent. If you're looking at his goal record, his age, he's probably a bit more complete. If we want to play that link-up play and that fast style that Oli wants to play, I think he suits that style. It's more clinical than Rashford. Stats speak for themselves. A player for me who, I, to be fair, I haven't seen much of in recent in the last two seasons. But one is at Celtic. He's a player that I, Celtic. I don't have a second team, but if I had to choose a second team, it would be Celtic. So I always kept a close eye on them. And Musa Dembele from Lyon is is yeah. at a link about about thirty or forty million pounds to United. He's a good player, and he, he, he I don't have I don't have his stats on hand, but um. He's been scoring goals for fun in France, and would you be picking up? How much do you think Jovic would be costing? Because at Dembele, they reckon be around forty million. Um, I think I think Jovic would be around the fifty to sixty million. 50 to 60 well, that, that, that's more. that's what's been touted in the papers. So. But then again, <laughs> what's paper talk really? Um, yeah, look, Dembele is one of those players where, if you want to play a fluid system, I think he suits he suits that. Um, you know, with and we've seen um, Solskjaer mention it constantly. He doesn't want the left winger to stay on the left or the striker to stay on through the middle he wants that rotation and attack and if you're going with a player like Dombele he's quick good dribbler good finisher he can rotate across that front three so I think it would suit that style but again it just it comes down as, I don't think Lukaku's a bad player but I think we oh, don't have yeah. anyone who crosses the ball and if you're not going to play a style that suits a player doesn't matter how good they are. Not that, that, that was one of the fears when I had when Lukaku's link to Inter first popped up. One of the first rumours regarding it was a swap deal for him and Perisic. And you see, that would be 100% pure Ed Woodward. The one play you needed for Lukaku was a Perisic yeah. to be able to cross the ball, and you'd be swapping the two. But I think that link has died down. But a link regarding Lukaku and a potential swap deal, which we can all sit here and argue swap deals never happen, 
the last one was Sanchez and Mkhitaryan, but I think it's something that will start to happen more and more in modern football as clubs just aren't prepared yeah. to pay. So I'm not, not saying this. That. I'm not saying this swap deal will happen. Yeah. But Icardi for Lukaku because Icardi does look like he's on the way out. I wouldn't. I personally wouldn't take it. Um, I think he's got a real attitude problem, and you know, you just see that his whole. The, the problem is his whole team. Have fallen out with basically the whole team at Inter. That's his wife's issue. His wife's sleeping with half the team, I think. Well, or was me. sleeping with half the team. Well, he's, he, his wife... Is his agent. Well, there's that. There's also the fact of he was sleeping with her while with, she was with with, with his teammate. Yeah. And he has he has those kids tattooed on his arm. <laughs> what does that tell you? And you want this guy to walk into the dressing room? It fit right Forget in. Forget it. It fit, oh, it fit right yeah, in. get Ryan Giggs back as coach. <laughs> okay, well, someone just in regards to that, we'll just drop, we've done the defence and the attackers now, just drop back into midfield. Someone else who, by all reports, does have a little bit of an attitude. It's someone who I've been all over YouTube over the last day, Adrian Rabio from PSG. They do believe he's be a free transfer. Now, from what I know, he is out of contract. Yes. Yeah, However, from what I have read, there is a sticky situation regarding some type of third party. He would require some type of compensation signing. It would almost be like a signed on field, be you know the five or ten million mark. But he is a free transfer. Let's call it as that. Have you seen much of him? Because for me, he sort of plays like Matic. He, he plays yeah. he, he left footer, quite tall, quite physical, can spray yeah. the ball around. Um, but I think he plays a little bit higher, sort of like Matic, but in the Herrera sort of. Yeah, role. he's got a bit more football in him than Matic does. Um, I've only seen him in the Champions League, yeah. but from what I've seen, look, definitely a wonderful footballer, definitely improves our side. Again, another one where you're worrying about his attitude. Now, so what, what's happened at PSG is they've offered him a new deal. He didn't want to sign it. They banished him to play with the reserves for the rest of the season. He wasn't seen again. Now, I'm not going to say that that makes him an... Un- you can't say a player is not professional for not wanting to sign a deal. It's his prerogative. But again, when I, when I hear these... When I hear these links about players having attitude problems, you do get a little bit worried because I don't feel like there's... I'm not going to say there's an attitude problem at United, but there's players there who who, are, who have very... don't have the most dominant personalities or have dominant personalities in the wrong way. Um, and I feel like we need to start signing players who not only fit the footballing profile, but fit a personal profile of being the ultimate professionals, dress the right way, speak the right way. We need to start... It's not just about footballing ability now. If, if the club's going through a rebuild, rethink the whole strategy. Rethink, are we here to sign quality footballers or do we want people who we know are also leaders on the pitch? You know, you need to start... I'm, I'm not saying we need to sign everyone who and they all need to behave like Mother Teresa. Lord knows that we've had players who have all misbehaved and had many misdemeanors, but we need to start being smarter about the kind of attitude and the kind of personalities that we're signing. And I'm not sure Rabio fits that. Yeah, it's a weird one and again we'll touch on transfers again next week because as I said it changes every week Gravio is likely to sign for Real Madrid Lukaku again I'm still fearful that he's going to sign a new contract De Gea we still don't know his future so we'll, transfers change far too quickly for us we'll get into one question that was sent through on Twitter um, by Trent Merritt if you want to go follow him it's at red underscore t underscore devil I think this is a fairly good question. We could discuss it for a couple of hours, but we'll try and keep it short. But given the talk that was Newcastle the other day, potentially being bought out by um, someone in Abu Dhabi, I think. But will United ever succeed under under the Glazers' regime? 
and would you like to be owned in the same model as City? Or, and do you still think United have the moral high ground? Like, would you take an ownership of that nature? I mean, look, my preference would be no, yeah, because don't. when you start when you start getting owned by countries, because that's ultimately it's a PR project. Ultimately, it's it's an opportunity to sign a football club to promote your country and market the country as something that it's not. Um, you know, and we've seen we've seen with Manchester City, and it's happening now. You're, we saw the um, we saw the, the right hand man of yeah. of, of um, the, the Sheik um, this week, and he's just talking out of nonsense. And he's he's a politician; he knows how to speak. Thank you. Um, but again, it's just: Do you really want to get involved in that in politics? I feel like sport is an opportunity for people to escape escape the reality of life and you know and United's too big a football club has too big a reputation this club rolls in its own money you don't need someone to bankroll the club you just need someone with the right business sense to understand how a football club is meant to be run if the Glazers knew how to run a football club if they had the ambition to be a top football club you don't need to spend hundreds of millions of dollars well I think just on that point which you're 100% right but the first part of the question will United ever succeed under the Glazers our most successful period in the club's history has come under the Glazers well, that's right they, they, they took us over in 2005 that period from 06 to 010 we won everything we won the Club World Cup won the League Cup we, actually we didn't win the FA Cup no. won the Champions League Club World Cup multiple Premier Leagues but we already had the squad there and we also had the greatest oh, yeah. manager in yeah, football. Obviously, context, but it shows it is possible, and that is not a that it, is not a yeah. tick in the Glazers' box. I'm not praising them at all, yeah. but it is possible to be successful. Is it possible? Yes. <laughs> Will we be? Yeah. That's a whole other topic. Um, what do you think of the Newcastle thing? Do you, th- do you think? I don't think it'll. I don't think it'll happen. Um, the Premier League have rules around conflicts of interest, and although this could be a distant a distant cousin of Sheikh Mansour at Manchester City. It's still they still come under the yeah. royal family. Yeah. So when I look at those links, I'm just thinking it's a bit of a conflict of interest for me. At the end of the day, it's still a PR project. It's still yeah. ownership under Abu Dhabi. Do you think? Uh, just the last point on his question. Do you think United still have a moral high ground, that we, which we try and take over? City, we say, okay, you've got the oil money. We do things the right way. Do we don't think, do. We don't do things the right way. Well, the right way in terms of. Our owners uh, pull money out of the club. Yeah, 100%. But in terms of, we point the, the human rights aspect at Man City, where you, you look at the way, look, money's money at the end of the day. Do you think the hat's over the wall in regards to... I mean, look, I, I don't really want to get into the p- politics of it. I'm just going... But if I'm looking at how the two football clubs are run, Manchester City are miles ahead of us at the moment. Uh, well, most football clubs are. When well, yeah, they are. All, and look at Liverpool. They're, their owners aren't any more wealthier than the Glazers. Yeah. But they just know how to run their football club. Okay, well, just, LeBron James is quite wealthy. So. Yeah, what's his involvement? I always see his name pop up. But... Partial owner in Liverpool, but he's a moron. Let's move on. Okay, well, now we'll just finish on one thing which a lot of people do think these two are morons at the moment oh. um, Rashford and Lingard. Now, I don't want to get your opinion on their dress sense because we both disagree on that, <laughs> but they're insta- they've come under a lot of flack um, in regards. It started with their performance levels and. Some people have taken that to another level in terms of off-field issues. But then they sort of hit back. They came out with a percentage. I forget what it was. It was 0.012%. And it was meaning the percentage of young players who come through from England who make it to the Premier League. Showing that it's pretty much no one. Yeah. I think it's 12,000 out of one point something million. Which is crazy. crazy. And that, that's yeah. just England. That's not the world. Yeah. And um, 
Yeah, what do you think of them sort of fighting back? Look, if you're looking at it from a relate yourself as a as a fellow human being, right? We all have feelings, and when people attack you, you feel the need to defend yourself. And I feel like that's what they're doing here. Um, is it the right approach? I no, it's not because when you're it's not the right approach, but I think they're right because I, I do defend them. And again, I don't defend their performances on the pitch, but I do have to stick up for them with the criticism they got. Oh, and and I, I tried not. to make it as a football. I was nowhere near good enough, and I thought I was good. I know how good these good players are. They are in that percentage. They are good players. Our worst players are in the top 0.001% of players in the world. We're in no position to criticise a footballer's ability at the end of the day. I understand that, but you know what? When you when you live an entitled lifestyle and you and you live an on an income that most people would dream of, these guys are earning per week what most of us don't earn per year. Okay, you're talking to a working class who pay hard money to go watch these guys play, and when you when you're in an entitled position, I'm sorry, that comes with criticism, that comes with pressures. We all have pressures in our jobs. This is their pressure. Their pressure is fan base. Their pressure is stakeholders, and that players, unfortunately, how it feels is they don't hold themselves accountable. Now, I think Rashford, at least, does hold himself accountable. I heard the way he spoke after the Manchester City game. He said, as a fan, this isn't acceptable. Mm. He says, I want to improve. He says, next season, we need to come back with the willingness to succeed. I don't feel like Rashford has carried himself poorly at all. If anything, and again, I'm not going to go too hard on him, I think Lingard does carry himself a little bit more in, in, a, in a way that can irritate someone. Yeah. He carries on, he markets his own gear. Like with the, um, what was it where he put his he put his brand Oh, in? the post on the Manchester bombing yes, memorial. Yes, yeah. yeah. So the Manchester bombing To be, to be memorial, fair, and I 100% agree with all the criticisms, at the end of the day, that's not him. He should be on top of it and he has to take responsibility for it, but he's not the one doing the graphic design and putting that post up. He's not, but, but he, yes, he's he, a grown he, man. He does need to be on top of it, 100%. And that's it, you know, and, and that comes down to, and again, it, that's why I speak about the character of the people in, in that dressing room. He needs to have that awareness, you know what I mean? Like, when, I, when you walk into work every day and you're, like, you're a teacher, you're surrounded by kids, you need to be conscious of the things you say. So he's on social media. There's millions of people watching him. I can appreciate that. But you, you need to be mindful of what's going on your Twitter page. You're, you're responsible for that. You know what I mean? And so, like, look, they're, they're entitled to defend themselves. They're human beings, and I totally understand that. But at the end of the day, it's not about being good enough for the Premier League. If being good enough for the Premier League is what you want to be, go play for Bournemouth. Go play for Huddersfield. Go play for Watford. But if you want to be at Manchester United, you want to succeed, you want to be the best, that's the percentage you need to put yourself against. Well, I saw something that... And I agree with the 100% of your points there. I saw Rashford had a photo with a fan the other day. Just a Sylvia fan bumped into him. And the guy's necklace. Rashford had a necklace, which spelled out Rashi. And I thought that would get under the skin of a lot of of people. Oh, Oli and Rashi. Oli and Rashi. Could make a good children's book. Now, something which I think we've got through all day, and we're going to wrap up there, but something we've managed to skip over, which is quite good. Now, it is complete nonsense. We would have started the show with it, but Ashley Young to DC United is bullshit it's nothing it was a twitter rumor by a guy with 10 followers um dc united apparently can't sign any more international players i'm not even sure ashley young has 10 fans <laughs> but we will stay uh, on top of that issue just in case there are any developments obviously but that just about wraps up episode six no nothing else to add no um thanks so much for the positivity um the numbers we're getting you know skip. yeah no very good Keep following us, keep drinking, but responsibly, of course. No, 100%. Um, and everything across all the 
um, social media platforms, MUFC podcast. And as Trent just put through there, a question which gets us talking for 10 minutes. If you've got any questions, please feel free to send them through. Or if not, join us at the pub and then have your say. Cheers. Right, cheers. Cheers.